Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Raj Subramayer, who is a certified tech career and leadership coach, international speaker, author, and IT consultant. Raj, how you doing? Doing good, man. Glad to be here. How about you? I'm doing great, man. And thanks for coming on the show. We are happy to have you. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. So a quick background. So I uh, grew up in uh, the southern part of India and uh, I was the younger of the two kids. And um, yeah, culture was a huge thing when I was growing up. And pretty much when I was, I, most of the folks uh, who are Asians listening to this can relate to what I'm going to say. Usually you're given three options. So you could either be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. So I chose the engineering path, right? So that was me growing up. And um, then I came to the United States in 2008 because uh, I wanted to do my master's and live the American dream. (laughs) But just a week after I came, the recession started (laughs) and, and things got crazy, which we can talk about it more. Um, but anywho, so I've been here since 2008. And then now, uh, from then to now, I've been uh, leading teams in a lot of startup companies, mid-tier companies, large companies, and coaching a lot of mid to senior level folks to help them advance in their careers and become successful leaders in the tech space, right? So that's kind of a quick summary of where I was and what I'm doing currently. Uh, in terms of what I like to do for fun is I'm a huge uh, NBA guy, NBA fan. So uh, I play basketball here in Chicago in different leagues and uh, follow the NBA. So that's that's what I do. Okay, there we go. There we go. Are you a good shot? Are you better on defense? Do you take it to the hole? What's your kind of game? I'm like a Tristan Thompson kind of guy. So... Um, so for folks who know double T. So I can shoot the jumpers uh, and I'm really good in offensive rebounding and defense and I can make the plays, right? And I'm really good inside the D. But so usually I play the center, although I'm pretty short for a center. I'm only 6'2", but I can hustle and I have good body weight. But the point is, yeah, since I could do the jumpers, play inside the D, take the offensive rebound so people keep me around. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Well, that's awesome, man. Who's your favorite team? Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers. So I'm a Cleveland guy. Uh, Since I came to the United States, I spent majority of my time in Cleveland. And then I started. So I used to live close to the basketball arena in Cleveland. So um, I uh, after 82 games, I used to watch at least 35 to 40 games at the queue. They call it the queue. And uh, yeah, I became a huge uh, Cleveland fan. So I've seen LeBron playing in Cleveland, LeBron leaving Cleveland, LeBron coming back to Cleveland, and LeBron leaving Cleveland again. So I've been 
there through the entire era. But um, yeah, I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers uh, guy. And uh, currently, the team looks promising. So uh, let's see what happens. There we go. That's some exciting stuff. I thought you were hype when uh, LeBron and Cleveland won against Golden State. Was it 2016? 2016. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, Cleveland went crazy. Crazy. <laughs> that, yeah, it... It it was a miracle. Like no one expected Cleveland to win, and then down three one, right? Yeah, down three one, and then when LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie Irving could pull it off, you know, it was a big thing, man. Uh, yeah, we didn't have a champ any types of type of championship for fifty years, and then LeBron got us one. So, uh, we're okay if LeBron left, you know, and <laughs> to do other stuff. He's gonna come back probably before he retires. I'm pretty sure he's going to probably play a season and then retire and maybe buy the Cleveland Cavaliers. But yeah. the point is um, he did his part. And uh, for the next 50 years, we are happy with the 2016 championship. So, yeah, I was watching the game and uh, it was it was something, man. It was really, really, uh, yeah, uh, epic moment in the history of NBA, I would say, and history of Cleveland as well. So. No, for sure. Definitely was. Definitely was. Well, awesome. Tell us a little bit more about being a tech career and leadership coach. So I know you said you led teams and startups. Are you still doing that? Or are you more focused on helping place people and helping them develop their careers? Yeah, so that's a great question. So let me just uh, give some context for your uh, listeners, right? So I grew up as a shy introverted kid, and uh, I uh, constantly kept comparing myself with other overachievers around me. And then I was compared to other people by my family. And, you know, it, it led to a lot of uh, anxiety, stress, and I was pretty depressed for the first 19 years of my life, right? And then I had a trigger event when I came to a realization that all this while I've been letting other people's opinions be my reality. I was trying to please other people, but in that process, I was disappointing myself. Once I got the realization, then a switch happened. And the next 25 years has been about this whole transformation from a shy introverted kid earning a minimum salary into an, into an international keynote speaker, author, and tech career coach, right? During that transformation, I realized that there were a lot of underdogs like me, like people who have the skills and who have the talent, but who have these limiting beliefs. They think they're not good enough because other people said so, right? So I started seeing this throughout my IT career when I was uh, working with teams and started leading teams. I always saw these, you know, people who are who who uh, reminded me of the past Raj. And that's when I, in 2015, I decided that, you know what? Yes, I'm earning a lot of money, uh, you know, but the point is I still don't feel fulfilled. So that's when I started my side hustle, which was funny story, not tech career coaching. I started doing technical workshops, teaching people how to code for a year, but then that was not giving me enough passion. You know, it was not my passion. That's when I came back to my roots and uh, uh, remember people telling me that, man, you're a great motivator. You know, you can easily make complex things, you know, sound so simple and, and help people advance in their careers. That's when I thought, you know what, why don't I should pivot and try career coaching, but specifically people in tech space, because that's my jam. And yeah, that's how 
I got into this whole tech career coaching since uh, 2017, actually. And um, so the main thing I do is tech career coaching, but I also still try to be relevant with the tech space. So I uh, do writing for a lot of companies. Then I do consulting for a lot of startup companies and tech companies as well. While in parallel, I actually help mid to senior level folks uh, figure out their career path and become effective leaders in the industry, right? And most of my clientele are people who who remind me of my past self, which is, again, the underdogs who've been shunned by society. That is my focus area and helping those kind of people um, discover themselves and become kick-ass leaders in the industry, right? So that's pretty much what I do. So I have uh, career coaching, I have consulting, and then I do speaking. So those are the three buckets, uh, which currently I do as part of my company. Yeah. There we go. And tell us a bit more about your motivation. So you really um, were seeking fulfillment. You spent the first 19 years of your life kind of people pleasing. And then you got on this journey to become an international keynote speaker, author, tech leader. And now you're kind of at this point where you're really looking to give back and be more fulfilled through service. Um, so if you had to elaborate on your motivation, what really gets you up and keeps you going every day in like a sentence or two, what would that sentence be? My motivation is just to impact as many people as possible to help them have positive personal life and career transformations. As simple as that. Because for me, it was there was no one there to help me. I figured stuff out the hard way. But then a, a person who used to get a nervous breakdown just to say hi to a girl in my eighth grade, I was that type of person. And now I speak in front of thousands of people. I've had two TEDx talks. If I can do this transformation, an average guy, so can anyone else. And that's that's what I'm here to do, to help people recognize that and understand that the power to make a change is within themselves. It's just that it takes a shift in their mindset and then have a strategy to get to where they want to be. And that's kind of my motivation. That's why I get up every day to help impact people, especially the underdogs, to have positive personal life and career transformations. I love it. I love it. That's a perfect segue into dreams and goals. I'm sure it'll be tied to that motivation, but tell us about your vision for your company and your life. My vision of the company is, again, tied to the my, what I want to do. My dream is to impact as many people as possible. So say five years down the line, I want Child Latte Consulting to be the change maker when it comes to diversity and inclusion, um, helping people in their career transformation, help to motivate people, right? I'm not talking about like from a... I want to be like a Tony Robbins, but what I want to be is someone who can help the underdogs, people of color to get more meaning in life. And that's what I want my company to stand for. And how I'm going to do that, it's through gradual process of the three buckets, which I focus on. And uh, I want to make sure it aligns with my dream and my vision to impact people. So. I gotcha. Uh, so be the change maker for diversity and inclusion help and motivate people in their career transformation and specifically people of color to get more meaning in life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because me being a person of color and seeing all the things happening in the world, I think uh, people like us need to rise up and help other people in need, uh, especially people of color who have been, again, shunned by society. And so that's a common theme. 
So have someone who's been shunned by society, society or barred by society, then I come in and then let them know that society is wrong and you are right and I'm going to show you how. And that's that's my space. That's where I thrive. That's where I've uh, helped 60 plus clients to discover themselves. I love it. I love it. So what are the top one to two skills that you think you need to develop to get your company to the place where it's the change maker for diversity and inclusion and you're maximizing how many people you're impacting? It boils down to two things which I've been constantly trying to do for the past three, four years, which is do the work and be consistent. So what do I mean by that? One of the problems, including for me sometimes, is that we have all these audacious goals and then vision and stuff, right? Say, for example, you go to the gym, right? You want to have the six pack and you want to become like reduce 50 pounds. And then you buy this amazing membership at a super expensive fancy gym like Orange theory or something and then you buy this fancy shoes fancy shirt and then you go to the gym for the first three days then for the fourth day you know you, you feel tired you say you know what i'm gonna skip one day and then after two weeks you stop going how many people have done this so i for many. one have done this yep. most of my life and so so does like 90 percent of the people in this world the reason is they're not willing to do the work <laughs> so you have to do the work to actually see results and you have to do the second thing, which is consistently, consistency, that is the key. Doing the work and being consistent. Even when you don't feel motivated, that's when you need to show up. That's what actually separates you from other people. That's why it separates legends from people who want to become legends, right? So by no means that I'm perfect at being doing the work and being consistent, but I'm a work in progress. And I'm 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 pretty sure that I'm better than at least. 50% of the people in this world. And I think if I just keep doing the work and be consistent about it, then I could reach the goals and the vision, um, which I've put forth for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. What are the highest impact? So we talked about doing the work. What are the highest impact daily actions that will tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals? Daily actions, which could take you towards the dreams and goals. I think you really need to have um, documented goals of where you want to be. This is the thing. Our life is like a GPS system. Okay. Say you want to go, say you want to go to a place. If you don't put the destination address, then you cannot complain that you don't, you didn't reach the destination because you didn't put the address in the first place. Then you cannot complain Google Maps or whatever navigation system you're using is not working. Our life is the same way. If you don't have a strategy and documented vision or a mind map of where you want to be in five years and how you're going to get there, what are the different action steps you need to take every single week to achieve those yearly goals or quarterly goals or whatever you set forth for yourself, then you are not going to get to where you want to be. So for me, at the end of every year, I sit down and see what went well, what didn't work out and what I want to do next year, which is going to take me towards my goals. And then I have these goals under these goals. Then I come up with different actions, which I need to do to reach those goals. And then I figure out a timeline within which those actions have to be performed, not just on a quarterly basis, but on a monthly basis and a weekly basis. I 
drill down to every week what I need to do to achieve my quarterly goal and every quarter what I need to do to achieve my yearly goal, every year what I need to do to achieve my five-year goal. So everything is mapped out. So once you have clearly defined goals documented, that's what is going to take you to the next level. And this is, and this is not just me saying every person, every self-motivated motivation book you read, they talk about this, but none of them implement it. But I 100% agree that when you document these things, then you have, have a better idea of where you want to go and where you, what do you want to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. So if you were to give us an example of some of your like daily actions, is it like getting on podcasts? Is it cold calling clients? Is it posting content to attract clients? Like what are some of those daily actions in your life? Yeah. So here's what a day in Raj's life looked like. Usually this the standard pattern. So I wake up at around 530. And the first thing I need to do is have a hot cup of coffee because I really need coffee and then, and the silence in the house because my kid is sleeping, my wife is sleeping. So that's, it's me time. The next thing I do is do, I do 10 minutes meditation. I use a Headspace app, similar to Headspace. You have so many different apps like Calm and other apps, but I've been using Headspace for past five, six years. I do a 10 minute meditation. The next thing I do is I do a mind dump of everything which is there in my head. So what do I mean by that? The in order to succeed or to seize the day, you have to write down all the things which is in your head because that itself is going to be uh, stressing you out and prevent you from focusing on the things which you need to focus on. So what I do is literally take a paper and pen, write down all the things in your head which is going on. For example, oh man, I have to do that Amazon return. Oh, I have to call these two clients. Oh, I have to follow up with John. Oh man, I that article submission deadline is within two days. So whatever comes in, write it down. The next thing I do is put a number between one to 10, prioritize that list, okay? Put an, based on what do you think is priority to do that particular day? And my whole motto in life is to do the top three things every single day. And to do that, what I do is I put time blocks. I put one hour time blocks throughout the day where I focus on that one particular thing. So for example, say an article for a tech company is due in two days, I'll put one hour time block, a focus work just to focus on that article. My phone will be on do not disturb. My room will be closed and then no Facebooking, no text messaging. I just focus on that one particular task. And the concept is called deep work. And there's just quick tangent. There's a, there's a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. I highly, highly recommend that because they talk about these concepts of focus, focusing on cognitively demanding tasks within time box sessions. And that's what I do. And then at the end of the day, I... Uh, see what I'll have accomplished that particular day and whatever I'm not accomplished gets carried over to the next day's to-do list, right? And uh, and then I, I'm very strict with my time. I treat my time as my baby, you know? So you can no one can ever reach me between 4 to 8 p.m. This podcast is an exception because we already scheduled at 5 p.m. here in Chicago time. But the point is, 4 to 8 p.m. is my family time where I pick my toddler from daycare and then we spend time and then I put him to bed. 
Uh, and then after 8, 8.15, then people can contact me. So you have to be really strict with your boundaries. You have to have time uh, time box sessions of focus work. And you need to have a to-do list, prioritized to-do list, so that you can focus on the particular things you want to do, right? So that's kind of my uh, Monday to Friday. And then on Saturday, I take about 15, 20 minutes to plan for the next two weeks on what is coming up, what do I need to do. So in this way, you reduce anxiety, you're better prepared to face the week and Mondays won't be, you know, really daunting for you if you really have a plan and go with the structure to face the different tasks for the particular week. So that's kind of what my usual day and week kind of looks like. I've been doing this for five, six years. That's what, that's how I'm able to produce at a really, really high level. Anything I do, you know, I produce at a high level because I have strict boundaries. I have focus sessions. I have a plan. I have a priority list on how to work. I love it. And so when you first start doing deep work, I know in the book, Cal Newport really talks about um, like 90 minute sessions. And I know you go for an hour. Did you find it hard to focus when you initially started out? Oh, 100%. So uh, initially, yes, I did find it hard to focus. So my advice based on my the experience I've had and what, I've seen other people doing it start with uh, 20 minutes of focus, right? Or 25 minutes. It's called the Pomodoro technique, actually. Uh, but our Pomodoro technique, the point is uh, you start with a 25 minute session. You can use your iPhone timer. Um, and then after 25 minutes, then you take a break. You defocus, do something, go for a walk, then come back to another 25 minute session, right? So I, I would say start small, start with 20, 25 minutes, and then you can keep expanding, expanding. For me, 90 minutes was too much for me. So my uh, sweet spot was 60 minutes. So I always do 60 minute session, 60 minute session. The exception is when you're in a flow state where, you know, ideas are just pouring, you know, the timer will go up, but then you'll just switch out the timer and then keep going for another 30 minutes or an hour. It's not like a rule, which if you don't follow the 16 minutes, then things are going to, you know, you know, go bad. It just what works for you. But the, the main high level point is to have a structure of accomplishing things and focusing on cognitively demanding tasks. So my advice would be yeah, start 20, 25 minutes and then use a timer uh, and then keep expanding, expanding, and then figure out what your sweet spot is. And then I do three to four one-hour time-boxed sessions uh, every single day. And then the rest four to five hours, I keep it free for things like this, like podcasting and other stuff. Because I know that I have to perform in my three buckets, which is speaking, consulting, and career coaching. And all my goals are based on these three buckets. So always there's going to be one time one time box session focused on any of these buckets uh, on a particular day. And I also kind of uh, try to compartmentalize things. What that means is Monday, Tuesdays are usually my focus days. I try to not have any meetings. Then Wednesday is my content day where I write all the content because I post consistently in social media, I record videos and stuff. Thursday, Friday, I usually reserve it for calls. So in that way, your mind gets actually tuned to what to expect. The problem is, this is the thing. Why does why did Steve Jobs always wear the same kind of shirt? Why does uh, Mark Zuckerberg always wear the same kind of shirt? Why do people have only like three 
pairs of jeans and four sets of t-shirt that's because they don't want to think about what to wear they just wear the same thing over and over again because they can folk use their critical thinking capacity for other things it's the exact same concept when you train your mind saying okay monday tuesday is just my focus work your mind already knows okay this time for me to focus then wednesday means content day so you know you the more you do it your mind gets you know, uh, used to it. And then it becomes like an assembly plant, right? You just keep producing, producing, producing. And this is not to say that all of a sudden, sometimes, you know, my kid will be sick and have to take him to the doctor. Then all bets are up. Of course, I have to take my kid to the doc doctor. I cannot say, you know what? I have my content day. I cannot <laughs> take my kid. And then my wife will kill me, right? So the point is, nothing is like verb. You don't want, want to follow anything verbatim. You have to first, you know, experience it and then figure out what works best for you. So that's why the context is key. But the general structure is what I actually describe now. I love it. I love it. And I'm just curious, what types of things um, qualify for deep work? Because there are some people who are just like sales professionals and maybe they all they do is cold call or all you do is like kind of click buttons and you don't have you're not writing literature or like doing deep thinking. So if somebody doesn't have activities they feel qualify for deep work, what would you suggest to them? So based on the literature, it's about focusing on cognitively demanding tasks. So if there's any task where you have to use your brain, your mind, then that could be a cognitively demanding task, right? So that's what the literature does. But what I say is screw literature, screw research, screw what other people say. The point is you have to figure out what works for you if cold calling for one hour just going one by one one by one one by one that's what you want to do within one hour so be it that that's your deep work session yeah. for me it usually boils down to things where i have to do a lot of thinking you know where i have to really think through okay what how how can i you know tweak this you know so usually my tasks are more cognitively demanding in my deep work session but it's not to say that you cannot do anything else in uh, deep work. It's basically just trying to focus on one particular task for one hour or 90 minutes or whatever time period you want to. That's pretty much it. It can be any task. It could be even cleaning the dishes. If you really want to be mindful yeah. without listening to podcasts and just focusing on cleaning the dish for one hour, that could be deep work as well, right? So it all is subjective and context-driven, but usually it's anything which is cognitively demanding. And just one more thing I wanted to mention since we're talking about structure and uh, performing tasks. Another great book I highly recommend to people is called Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. In that book, he talks about a focus funnel and it's something which I follow most of the times. And this is how it works. Say you have a task A, okay? It goes through different stages before you decide to work on it. The first decision you could do is, can it be eliminated? Do you really need to do that task? If it cannot be eliminated, then it goes to the second stage, which is, can it be delegated to someone else? If it, if it cannot be delegated, then it goes to the third stage, which, which is, can it be automated? If it cannot be automated, then it goes to the fourth stage, which is, could you delay it further? If it cannot be delayed further, then goes to the fifth stage, which is that's the only task you need to work on right now. That's called the focus funnel. And uh, it's in the book, Procrastinate on Purpose. So that is something 
uh, I do. Uh, when there's a given task, I try to put it through the focus funnel. And then and 99% of the tasks do not cross the fifth stage. Usually, if you really, really think about it, and whichever goes to the fifth final stage, which is you, that's the only task you need to focus on, then that is something which will be usually aligned with your goals and your mission, right? Yeah. So that is another approach as well. So these are some approaches that I follow on a daily basis, but you can figure out which one works for you. I like that a lot. And I like how you said any activity can be deep work and kind of the common thread in all of that was prioritizing. So getting right. clear on your goals, getting clear on your key performance indicators, those things that you can do daily that will move you forward towards your goals and then making the top things that you can do daily, just make those your deep work sessions. If you're a sales rep and it's cold calling, make sure you make 60 cold calls in that hour. If you are a copywriter and it's writing ads for your boss, like make sure that's what you're doing in that um, 60 minutes. If you code, a deep work coding session, which that is a cognitively demanding task. So, you know, that's not really right, a question. Right, right. But yeah, I really like um, just the focus on prioritizing the action. Anything can be deep work, just focus. So thank you for that. Um, I think we've touched on this a little bit, but what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? I think resilience. Uh, if one thing COVID has taught us is you need to be a resilient to survive as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, how many, how many, uh, you know, uh, restaurants and people have been affected in the hospitality business alone. And then there are so many other businesses which have been affected. Yep. And the, those who survived majority of times are the people who have been resilient. And, and I myself had to pivot. So for example, 2020 was going to be my year where I had so many speaking gigs, gigs booked, you know, and then I was going to travel. I'm going to make money, you know, and then COVID hit and then everything came to a halt, right? Yeah. And I could have said, you know what? This is not fair in, you know, and I can keep, keep uh, uh, brooding over it or the second thing you could do is, okay, now this is a situation, what else can you do? That's when I started helping people for free on LinkedIn. You know, people started contacting me because they got laid off and stuff. And then after a month, I had helped up about 45, 50 people. And some of the strategies which I was saying were similar strategies which were working out for people. That's when I decided to write my book. And then I wrote the book in 2020. So I think resilience is the key which helps you to modify your actions and adapt to different situations. So I think that's one key piece. It doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you have a nine to five job, it doesn't matter. You need to be resilient to actually face obstacles and then push through it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards your dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help? For me, uh, it'd be Lewis House. So um, for people who do not know Lewis House, he's the host of School of Greatness podcast. Um, and then he hosts an annual conference in Columbus, Ohio called the Summit of Greatness. That conference changed my life uh, about five years ago. And 
he's a down to earth person um and uh he was a nobody right now he's uh, one of the top five podcasts in the world um he has a best selling new he's a new york times bestseller uh he's been on ellen show and he he's doing all sorts of things but his humility um you know his vision to really impact his mission is to to impact 100,000 no 1 million or 10 million people by a certain date right and he has a clear focus mission and um yeah he's one of my inspiration uh without him you know maybe i'm not a, had the resilience uh and you know the motivation to do things so lewis house is definitely the person I would love to meet. And the way he would help me is literally he knows everyone on this earth, <laughs> the big people. So if we say something, then it happens. So uh, yeah, if you have them on the side, then things can happen for you. Yeah, absolutely. It is so much about who you know. If you know the right people, man, the doors open for sure. And Lewis House will be a great gateway. Into yeah. Well, cool. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And our first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Favorite, since I already told my podcast, kind of Lewis House. So the book would be uh, Hit Refresh uh, by uh, Satya Nadala, the CEO of Microsoft. He talks about his humble beginnings, the different problems he faces from a personal standpoint and still trying to run a billion-dollar company so motivational inspirational he's also a dude from india you know and uh, who came here with a big dream and now he's the ceo of microsoft hit refresh is amazing highly recommended book and very motivational very inspirational for any person who wants to you know level up their careers or personal lives as well there we go and what's one way you like to take care of yourself working out man uh working out has been the key uh quick 10 second segue would be um i lost 50 pounds in six months in 2016 i was always a big kid ridiculed for my weight and i wanted i'd conquer all my fears and prove people wrong but the weight was one thing which still I hadn't focused on so january 1st 2016 i decided i'm going to lose 50 pounds and that happened in six months and working out is one of the really big things in my life and uh yeah that helps me be mentally and physically stable so even just before this i ran two miles then i lifted some weights and here i'm with the podcast uh after taking a shower so yeah working out is one thing which i really really do to take care of myself and help this wealth man you can have billions of dollars but if you're in a freaking wheelchair and cannot do shit then it doesn't matter yeah yeah, for sure. All righty. What is one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Lewis House? <laughs> so just to make sure I understood the question, what's the action step you can take right now for me to get to my goal, right? That's the first part. And then how to meet Lewis House would be the second part. Would that be the right summary of your question? Yeah, we could talk about dreams and goals. Right. And, and Lewis House, though. For sure, Lewis House. <laughs> Lewis House would be attending Summit of Greatness, uh, for sure. And then um, there, he personally meets people, takes pictures. Now, that'll be a great avenue. And also, 
you know, uh, constantly, you know, uh, being active and replying to his posts and adding value to his posts, um, consistently doing that. And then finally, then you direct message him and then email him to, you know, get some time. And I think that's how you can get onto Lewis House radar, you know, uh, and that's how it's going to be. But that I have to map out a whole plan for that. It's again, like a six month plan to get on his radar. But the point is it is possible. Yes, people have done it and it is possible. Um, so that's how I think I'll get into Lewis House radar. But for me to reach my dreams and goals, it's about, again, doing the work and being consistent, man. It's like a, it's a mantra, you know, I, I can keep talking about all the amazing things, but if you don't do the work and be consistent, nothing happens. Whoever you would, whoever you be, you may be, you could be Jeff Bezos, but if he doesn't do the work and be consistent, you don't have Amazon, right? It's the same thing. So do the work, be consistent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Now we're going to jump into our final series of questions and just a little, uh, I don't even know the word. I'm blanking on the word. But just before we jump into these final series of questions, I didn't send these beforehand. They can get a little personal. So if you don't want to answer them, just be like, I'm going to pass. And I'll be like, all right, cool. And we'll move on. Sounds good? That sounds good. Awesome. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? That I'm not a good enough uh, speaker and coach when I'm actually coaching people who are better better than me, have more experience than me, then I have limiting belief that, oh, they're better than me, but I'm coaching them. Yeah. Am I good enough? So, yeah, that's what happens uh, where, sometimes. Where do you think that limiting belief comes from? I think my past uh, childhood trauma where people label me as dumb, not good enough, um, and um, it it puts a scar on you, you know? Uh, in fact, my uh, parents used to, they used took me to a doctor to make sure I was mentally stable when I was a kid. Um, then they took me to a temple. Uh, temple, I, I, I'm, I'm not religious, but I'm Hindu religion, apparently. They took me to the temple and asked God to give me wisdom and stuff. So the point is, yeah, it's it's super funny talking about these things, but it actually puts a scar on you. Yeah. And I think uh, that's the reason why, you know, uh, seeing all the things I've accomplished, uh, I'm a good enough, you know, and it's human to have those uh, limiting beliefs. Um, but yeah, I think my past childhood trauma is something which I'll always live with. And uh, it's good to have limiting beliefs. Though. That's that's when you actually let fear drive you and actually do something. Otherwise, you'll be in your comfort zone. So I've learned how to use my uh, limiting beliefs in a positive direction. But again, I'm again, by no means I'm perfect. Uh, sometimes, you know, I get into a hole and then think about what am I doing? That's where your few people who you can trust come into picture, right? I have a therapist, I have a coach, I have my wife. So those three people really helped me to uh, to get back to reality saying, dude, you have so much shit which you've done and why are you thinking about this, right? So select those two, three people and whenever you are in a rut, they can help you get out of the rut. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that. Do you have any actions? So obviously 
you've done some work on your limiting beliefs. Most of your actions are going towards your dreams and goals. But do you have any actions that pop up either daily, weekly, monthly, or even once or twice a year that reinforce that limiting belief? Meaning like you have that thought, you have that belief, and then you act based on that belief. Do you have any actions like that in your life that are currently? So one of the things I do is constant learning. And when I see other people speak or other people coach, then I, I feel, oh my God, <laughs> my skill set is so bad. I really need to do some stuff, right? And uh, although I have 17 years experience in tech, I've led teams of 50 people, you know, I've led million dollar teams and stuff. Still, when I see other people, um, you know, give talks or talk to them, I feel really small. But that's when you have to realize that in life, there's always going to be people above you and below you in terms of esteem, in terms of status, in terms of revenue, irrespective of what you do. Even Jeff Bezos, you'll think, yes, he's a billionaire. There's no, you know, nothing. There's nothing he needs to do. No, he may have some insecurities. He may think about, man, I wish I had better relationship with my wife, you know? So the point is, no matter what you do, there's going to be some part of you which you'll feel that it's not good enough because after seeing another person, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. the, so I constantly tell myself that when I actually uh, feel these limiting beliefs and then I do a lot of passive self-talk for, to help me, you know, get out of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So a lot of positive self-talk and then just realizing it's a human thing. It's a human thing. Yeah. And also one thing you need to remember is uh, there's this fine line between dedication perfection and obsession dedication perfection and obsession so for example again coming back to the gym thing and again for those listeners of viewers it does not mean that if you don't go to the gym that means you're not good i'm just giving a example here based on my point of view okay so nothing against people who do not go to the gym but what i'm trying to say here is if someone thinks you know what i want to work out one hour every day right? And then if they have only 30 minutes, then they don't work out. But they don't realize that even if you step into the gym and lift weights for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, that is still a workout. That's why there's a fine line between dedication, obsession, and perfection. And that is something as a perfectionist over the years, I've come to, you know, realize that. And then sometimes whatever you do is enough. And whatever you can do is what you can do. And that's pretty much it. It all, it all depends upon showing up and doing the work. That's why I also highly recommend this book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. He talks about the exact same thing. When you want to say you want to go to the gym, see, I'm again taking the gym example because it's easier to understand for people and it's not complex. That's why I'm taking the gym example here. Say you want to go to the gym. The first thing you want to do is just keep your shoes next to the bed so that when you wake up, you can immediately put on the shoes. Yep. That is a habit. Do that consistently for two weeks. Now it becomes a habit. Next, you can pack your bag, you know, and then maybe you won't even go to the gym for the first one month. It's all about wearing those shoes. But then you're developing a habit and it's taking you forward step by step to the ultimate goal where you want to be. Atomic habits. So that's what I'm talking about here as well. So small, small steps to reach a bigger goal. And that's what we need to keep in mind. Yeah, 
that book has some crazy stories of people who have applied atomic habits successfully. I think keeping with the gym example, he had somebody that he was talking to. He helped them develop some habits. They could only go to the gym for like three minutes or five minutes or something. And they would be there for that three to five minutes and they would have to leave. Like you have to stop. And he would go and he went for three to five minutes and he did that for like the first six weeks. And then two years yeah. later, he's like running marathons. And it's just exactly. like, yep. he talks about an example, uh, so we were just talking for the listeners here. So there's an example in Atomic Habits where James Clear talks about a person uh, and he challenges, James Clear challenges the guy, just go to the gym for three to five minutes. You can set a timer and just leave. So that's pretty much what he did for two, three weeks. And then he started extending, extending, yes. And then he became super fit. But yeah, that's just an example of how small, small habits can actually make a, make a big change. That's why you really want to start small. Start simple, start small, and that's that's how you know you can keep advancing. There's this great quote by uh, Zig Ziglar, the greatest salesperson who ever lived. Uh, I think it goes like this: You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Mm. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great, and that is so true. If you want to see change, if you want to see something happen. It starts with these small, small steps, right? And uh, that's what it's all about. I love it. I love it. So if you were to change that limiting belief that we talked about, the you're not good enough as a speaker and a coach, if you were to change it into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart, what would that phrase be? You're enough. You are enough. Yeah. You matter. And you can strive for greatness. That's literally what I actually tell myself. You're enough, you're, you matter, and you can strive for greatness. And that's that's the thing I constantly, in fact, I've actually printed out over here. So my, I'm a sucker for inspirational quotes. So my entire house is filled with inspirational quotes. And that's what motivates me whenever I'm down. Inspirational quotes, you know, motivates yeah. me. So all over my office over here, you'll see inspirational quotes. And then in my bedroom, in my kitchen, in fact, in my kitchen, and again, weight is really close to my heart because again, I lost 50 pounds in. So in the kitchen, in the in the in the cupboard which has the sweets and the chips, I have a before picture and an after picture of myself stuck on that. So every freaking time you reach for a chocolate, you have to look at the picture, look the picture in the eye, and then recognize what you're doing. It's okay if you eat a chocolate. But you have to recognize that, okay, this is what I want at this point of time. Mindless eating is something, you know, which everyone struggles with, including me. But for me, I need motivation. And for me, I have pictures of me <laughs> before and after. And that actually really motivates me to not binge eat. Uh, because I have emotional eating problem, right? Throughout my life, that's my past childhood trauma. So I ha I need to have these uh, strategies and methodologies in place in order to get back into, in order to prevent myself from getting back into old habits which didn't work out for me. So those are some ideas for you folks as well. In the sense, if you want to motivate yourself, have inspirational quotes, have pictures, have rem constant reminders, have Google Calendar reminders of, uh, you know, uh, things you want to do. And uh, that that's how it works. Yeah. Absolutely. All righty. We got one last question for you. And before I ask this question, I'm just going to 
say a little bit of pretext. So Alex Hormozzi talked about the difference between manipulation and help. And he said that the difference between manipulation and help is intent. And what he meant by that is that in both scenarios, you are influencing people. But when you're manipulating, you're trying to get somebody to do something that you want them to do. And then when you're helping, you're trying to figure out what somebody wants to do and then help them get there. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm smiling because I literally, during my run today, I was listening to his part, uh, episode on School of Greatness. So for folks, uh, I think uh, the second last, second latest episode is with Alex Harmony from uh, In School of Greatness with Lewis House. I was literally listening to his episode today. That's why I was laughing. But yeah, I keep going. But yeah, I find it really funny that you mentioned his name. So is this his second interview on there? I know he's been on there. It's his second times. interview. It's his second interview on there. So he did a first one and then this is the second one. And the first one he talks about is uh, marriage and, you know, about relationship and stuff like that. And this is the second one, more business oriented and lifestyle and uh, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so he has two. Yeah. But I think within a span of 10 to 15 episodes, the last, in the last 15 episodes, he has come twice. But the, now I think the latest episode or the second latest one has Alex again. Uh, I highly recommend that. That's also a really good read. I, I mean, good listen. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to go listen to that one. I love yeah. both of them. Lewis Howley and Alex are mostly so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that guy, dude. And I love his videos. Wearing shorts and, you know, he's yep. jacked. <laughs> he's weird. He doesn't give a shit about society. I love it. You know, that's how you need to be in the sense, you know. He, <laughs> for Again, for people who don't know what I'm talking about or we are talking about, if you go to Instagram and follow Alex Armonsi, um, he, every video he'll be wearing shorts and pretty much like a sleeveless shirt or something. He's jacked. Yeah, and uh, he'll just be talking about life and so many different concepts. He doesn't give a shit about his looks and stuff, but he, <laughs> I love it. Those are the people I love, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm right there with you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, awesome, awesome. So there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah, actually found out from Dr. Alan Lyka, who was a guest on the show, that you can make a horse drink. You just have to salt its oats, and eventually it will want to drink the water. Now. Huh. I want you to think of a person with a really fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change, and they're also discontent with their life. They don't like where they're at. How can we, you and I, create an environment to salt their oats and help them make that choice to change their life? It's funny you ask that because most of my clients are, are of that mindset where they feel they're not good enough, they can never change, and they're persistent to change. That's where your personal, getting personal really helps. I always share personal stories. I share my experiences and, and my examples of going through the same journey as them. I literally tell them that my darkest secrets, my, the, you know, the darkest days and how I got out of them. And I'd let people know I'm human. We are all human. And it's okay to recognize those feelings. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to be stressed. It's okay to be anxious. But then everyone has two choices. One, one is to recognize that and just continue living your life like that till you die with no purpose. Or the second thing is recognize that and then try to do something about it. And when you do something about it, it doesn't mean that everything is going to succeed. But even if you fail, you're going to learn something which is going to make you better for the next time you try something. So 
majority of the people I work with are resistant to change. But when I share my personal experiences and my grief, and then also uh, get personal with them, because a lot of people have their own personal stories. They just got, got out of a bad breakup. They just, they don't have money, you know? Uh, they have to, they're a single mom supporting the kids. You have to get personal because there's always a why for a person. You need to use a personal experience and figure out what the why is. And when you relate the why to the path they want to be, that's when they feel motivated, right? Irrespective of who you are, you can change, but you need to have a strong why. Just like how Simon Sinek says, you need to have, find your why, right? You really need to have a strong why. And when you relate that with personal experiences and then connect that with a, a strategy and a career path where you can go, that's when change happens. And it doesn't happen drastically, but it'll happen. That, but that's why when I, before I work with a person, it's okay if they're resistant to change. But I want to see whether they have the fire inside them to actually want to make a change. Because we're talking about two different things here. We're talking about resistance to change. The second thing is fire inside you to make a change, right? That, that's why I always, I do not say yes to every client. I only take an eight clients every quarter. I'm very selective and picky who I work with. It's not about you deciding to work with me. You, you're lucky to be working with me, okay? Because I'm, and it's not boasting about myself. I know I can make a difference. If you go to my website, I've changed so many people's lives because I know I, I'm really good at what I do and that's why I do what I do. But when I have my initial call before they decide and I decide, I want I start noticing patterns in the sense how what's the situation? Do they really have the spark inside them to make the change? Right? Because if you don't have that fuel inside you, the fire inside you, irrespective of what happens, you're not going to make a change. Okay. And unfortunately, there's small percentage of people who are like that. And you cannot do anything about it, you know? Maybe I didn't do a good job in convincing them. So be it. But the point is, I've had those people, you know? But coming back to the question again, it's about, yeah, finding the why and then getting personal. And that's when you can actually make the change. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think you're completely right. Like, we can salt people's oats as much as we want, but ultimately, you can't make them drink like you could not chug water down their throat and have them swallow it so they do have to have that drive they do have to have that like i'm going to drink the water i'm going to change my life i'm going to do this and then we can salt their oats and we can help them in many ways like you said so and, and i'm not here to spoon feed people and then you know carry them in my arms and go no we are all grown-ass adults okay if you want to make a change you want to get that freaking job then act like you want to get that freaking job. And then if you do that, I'll do anything it takes to get you there, right? But if you're, you know, oh man, I don't want to do this and stuff, then you're not the right client for me, okay? Yeah. What you see is what you get. I'm super direct diplomatically and, <laughs> and I work really hard for the people, okay? They become friends, they become family. I've placed people in Microsoft and Amazon and Google, and those were people who thought that they should go back to their native place, get out of U.S. because they thought they didn't have the skill set, but they got placed. That's because they believed in me and they had the fire inside them to change. So I treat people like adults. That's why I don't 
deal with, I don't, I, I, deal is the wrong word. I do not work with um, college hires or, you know, fresh graduates because they're not in the same wavelength as me. Only mid to senior level folks are in the same wavelength because they know their shit. They have faced a lot of obstacles. They have family usually. They're going through a lot of problems themselves and they want to advance in their careers. That Those are the people I want to work with because that's whom I can help best, right? Making money is one thing. I can easily make a lot of money working with college kids, right? But then I, I, won't, I will lose interest in what I do. Yeah. So only if there's real challenges and obstacles, that's what makes me excited to work. See, just talking about this, I can keep talking about it for four hours continuously and I will never get tired. But that's why you need to have the interest and the passion and you have to figure out where you want to be. Finding a niche is something which you need to work on and it takes constant experimentation as well. I love it. Well, Raj, that is all we got for you. Is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? No, I just want to acknowledge you for showing up, you know, uh, every single day and bringing guests like us and uh, offering value. I know it's a lot of work. That's why I choose to be a podcast guest instead of a podcast producer. (laughs) There's a difference there. So I pick my battle, they choose my battles. But yeah, I want to acknowledge you for that. Thanks for having me here. Uh, and for those of you who want to reach me and, you know, just chat with me, I live on LinkedIn. So literally, if you type in Raj Subramayer, I'll be the first person you'll see on LinkedIn because no one in the world has the name Subramayer except for me. So it actually indexes well on Google. But the point is, connect with me. You know, hit me up and then all information about me can be found on my website, rajsubra.com, which is R-A-J-S-U-B-R-A.com as well. And uh, yeah, uh, I love serving people, uh, helping people. And uh, that's why I do what I do. And uh, yeah, make sure you just, um, you know, connect with me and uh, we can talk. There we go. Well, Raj, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what he had to say, make sure to connect with him on LinkedIn. Thank you guys for watching the show. We will see you on the next one. On that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.